No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who's about? about? So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. And welcome in to Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Charles Bishop here, of course, with my esteemed colleague, Mr. A.D. Drew from the BCSN Sports Trail. Welcome in, A.D. Charles, let's just go ahead. Let's just go ahead and sign the roll. Sister, sister, Professor's uh, <laughs> not here. I got him. He got, how, how, how long we give Professor hey, 15 you, you, minutes? You, you got him 15 we give, minutes. We give doctors 15 early. minutes. We give Professor's 10. All right. All right, Dr. Kabir. We just go ahead and get this easy A. Uh, I know that's the truth. We get the easy A today. Dr. Camille, he's uh, doing doctoral things today. Uh, he could join us a little bit later on, but uh, he's uh, pressed for time today. But uh, we're going to kick this show off, get things going right. A.D. Drew, man, we got the SWAC baseball tournament at our feet, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to everything tomorrow. Again. I lost you. There, I lost you there for a minute. You said swack and then it went silent, like they like they sniped you for saying swack, man. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'm coming to you live from Atlanta. I'll be doing sideline uh, 
uh, at the uh, Swag Baseball Tournament on Wednesday uh, through Saturday. Of course, it runs Wednesday through Sunday. So looking forward to some great baseball action. Uh, Swag East, Swag West matchups. We got a lot of interesting storylines. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Also, Charles, I'll be able to catch up with you on uh, on Thursday. I'll get there with some teams going to be playing for uh, playing for the ribs. You know what that means? Because somebody's going to be two and barbecue. Yeah, so, yeah. What you say, playing for the ribs? <laughs> playing for the ribs. Playing for the ribs, man. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, joining you guys on Thursday, and I should be there for the remainder of the uh, tournament, man. We got we got an interesting matchup that no one quite expected when we look, when we uh, have time to break down the brackets, y'all. Yeah, we'll get into it. I mean, it is a lot of uh, uh, juicy tidbits to get into with regards to the Swag Baseball Tournament. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it begins on tomorrow, 9 a.m. as uh, Texas Southern and Florida A&M. They kick things off over there on Swag Digital. So you'll be able to catch, of course, Charles Edmonds and Toria Black. And, of course, uh, the guru himself, Coach Kadar. Uh, he will be providing commentary during the course of the Swag Up Baseball Tournament. So it's going to be a fun one. Uh, any fun uh, news that is out there with regards to the uh, HBCU uh, universe, if you will? Well, I'm going to start off, you know, I'm the Division Two King. I'm the SIAC <laughs> King. So let, let's start off with Duval. Okay. Ever Waters, as they have officially added tennis as their 17th varsity sport they just uh, finished the construction of a new tennis facility it's a four-court tennis facility of course it's purple and orange you you know they had to paint it purple and orange but they will be they will be adding women's tennis and they will begin competition in the 2024 season which is of course next academic year the 23-24 uh, athletic year. So uh, kudos to Everwater's great things. I mean, they've added uh, so many sports over the past uh, 20 plus years. You know, they they have they've added women's soccer. They added volleyball. You know, so they've added a lot of sports. They built that on campus uh, football facility. They just renovated the uh, Adams Jenkins Center, which is the basketball and volleyball arena. So a lot of things uh, going on, uh, Doctor. Phazon down there at Everwaters. Yeah, I was going to ask, what, what, what do you think is fueling that growth, especially, uh, you mentioned it over this period of time, over 20 years, uh, Everwaters has just expanded exponentially. What's, what, what exactly is in the water down there? What's going on? Well, first of all, you got you to start with the top. You have a president, Dr. Uh, Zachary Faison. He's a, I believe he got his undergraduate at Albany State University. I know he did spend some time at uh, Tuskegee University. I know he's worked a couple other places, but those just the two that off the top of my head that I I do recall. But when you have a president that's pro-athletic and understands that athletics is the front porch to your university, mm. your student enrollment increases via athletics, via winning athletics, and understands that. I mean, let's think about it, Charles. Three years ago, they were a college. Yeah, yeah. Three years ago, they were in the NAIA. Mm-hmm. Now, they're on the Division Two level, NCAA, and they're a university giving out master's programs. Pretty soon, 
they'll be at the point where they'll be giving out doctoral programs. Uh, you know, I expect to see that probably over the next decade or so. So, but it, it, it all starts at the top from the president to whatever they call their board. Uh, you've, had, you've had a couple of uh, strong athletic directors down there. So, Paul Bryant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's 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 all from the top, all from the, all from the leadership, and, and it filters down. It, it goes down here, then it comes back up. Yeah. That's the best. Way. Yeah, leadership does matter. I tell you what, uh, and like you mentioned, uh, uh, that is a university. They understand that athletics is the front porch to the university. So, uh, kudos to Edward Waters for getting it done down there, adding uh, tennis. So, uh, really excited about what, what some things that they're doing down there at Edward Waters. They think uh, a little bit of news for, for myself. Uh, and this comes from the SWAC offices. They announced their 2023 All-SWAC baseball teams. This is going to be uh, oh, very you got interesting. It before I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, you ready? Here we go. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Texas Southerners, Jalen Adderley was named the player of the year and the hitter of the year while Alabama State's Omar Melendez was tabbed the pitcher of the year. Bethune Cookman's Joan Gonzalez was tabbed the relief pitcher of the year, and Alabama State's Jamal George was named the freshman of the year. Bethune Cookman's Highland Hall was named the newcomer of the year, and Alabama State's Jose Vasquez was the coach of the year, rounding out the list of individual award winners. Uh, let's take a look at Dalen Adderley, who's the player of the year and the hitter of the year. Uh, Adderley is one of the top batters in the nation, AD, uh, after completing the regular season, batting 50. 423 overall, uh, contributed a total of 74 hits and 42 RBIs, while also tallying 65 runs. He currently leads the league in bad average at 428 and on base percentage at uh, a gaudy 543 AD. So, Dalen Adderley, player of the year and the hitter of the year. Pitcher of the year, I mentioned he was Omar Melendez. Melendez, one of the top pitchers in the conference this season, amassing a league leading. 2.59 ERA concluded the regular season play with an undefeated 11-0 record. His 11 wins for the season was a league high. He ranked third in strikeouts with 92, while also tallying four complete game efforts. Gonzalez, relief pitcher of the year. He emerged as one of the league's top relief pitchers uh, in 2023, finishing this season with 10 saves. Uh, he worked 42 in third innings pitched. Uh, tallied a 3.61 ERA while also contributing 57 strikeouts. He was a key contributor for the Bethune Cookman pitching staff that ranked second in the conference in ERA. And Highland Hall, newcomer of the year, one of the best bats in the league in 2023. Ranked, get this, AD, in the top 10 in the conference in batting average 376, run scores 54, hit 73, double 17, triple 6. Total bases 114. He also garnered Hitter of the Week accolades during the course of the 2023 season. And finally, the freshman of the year, Jamal George, has been the starter behind the plate for the Alabama State Hornets in 51 of 52 games. He contributed a 290 batting average and 186 at bats during the regular season competition while tallying 33 RBIs and 54 hits. And what else can you say about Alabama State? Coach of the Year. Mr. Vasquez, he led Alabama State to the most wins in conference play with 26 AD. The Hornets will go on to claim the SWAC Eastern Division title with a 26-4 overall league mark, while subsequently 
clinching the number one seed in the 2023 baseball tournament. AD, have at it, kill it. <laughs> no love for any rappers up in there. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> and I'm not trying to do my orange and green shade right here, but there were two rattlers who had legitimate uh rights for hitter of the year that being ty hank hanker H- hanky and mm-hmm. jaquil uh jam and, and, and I'm, I'm terrible with these names because we are so bad at jammy kill bastardo bastardo on the season charles mm-hmm. had a 331 at uh bat average 978 on base percentage had nine home runs, 13 doubles, and uh, knocked in 46 uh, runners. Wow. Fam, you, yes. Now, fam, wow. it's going to be a very interesting team. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why, why Ty batted 354, Charles, with a 1.053 OPS. Also had nine home runs with uh with, with with 64 hits 43 rbi but here's the one though charles here's the one <laughs> sebastian greco yes sebastian greco now what hurt him was his bad damage he only batted 266 mm-hmm. but had still had a 984 ops scored 42 runs had 58 rbis 14 doubles and count them charles 14 big flies. Yeah, 14 big flies. Uh, he was an RBI machine for the Rattlers uh, this past season. An interesting tidbit, uh, Sebastian Greco, 58 RBIs, and Joseph Green at 50 RBIs. Uh, then this year they became like the second pair of Rattlers with 50-plus RBIs uh, in a season. So uh, that's a big accomplishment. Uh, like I said, FAMU is going to be a very intriguing team uh, in this tournament as we move forward. But I, I can't wait for this matchup, uh, this opening matchup, 9 a.m. matchup tomorrow. We're going to get into it. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on Dr. Bill's HBCU Sports Lab as we come back with a little more Swag Baseball Talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, and stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track. Let's tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. Intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K E A V E R S V O I C E dot com. Covers voice, covers voice, covers voice dot com. Always on, all the time. When we invest in ourselves, 
our glow, our vision, our vibe. We all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love Jackson State University takes on the Venomous. Florida AM University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out OrangeBlossomClassic.com for tickets and info. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of And who the ball, so listen to Professor uh, Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. Yes. And welcome back in to Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. A.D. Drew, my colleague, as well as he is the voice of all things SWAC athletics. Charles Evans, he will be doing play-by-play -play, uh, during the course of this uh, SWAC baseball tournament. Welcome in to Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Charles. It is a pleasure, guys, to be on the lab. You know, I was horrible in school and I was horrible in a lab, so maybe I could do a little bit better. <laughs> being honest, I was a horrible, uh, I wasn't a great a person in the lab, so maybe I could do a little better tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous, fellas. <laughs> I'm jealous of both of you all because both of you all are already in Atlanta and I'm still sitting here in South Georgia just just trying to make sure I get all my work done at the 9 to 5 tomorrow so I don't have to go to work Thursday morning and can get up there with you guys. Well, it's been all work since we got here. <laughs> I didn't say y'all weren't working. <laughs> I just got to get this other work done so I can come, so I can come hang out with you fellas up there. No uh, doubt, no doubt. The A this weekend. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, Charles, uh, this, this tournament kicks off on tomorrow. We had an opportunity uh, to catch a little bit of batting practice and uh, guys going through the kind of final preparations today. But uh, you had an opportunity to talk with some coaches. Uh, what were your thoughts? I think everybody's ready. I think what happened in the regular season doesn't matter. You know, a softball coach once told me, once you get to the SWAC tournament, you were talking about softball, but you can make this comparison to baseball. All bets are off. You know, Bama State was the best in the East. You look at Grambling, the best in the West. Does that matter now? No, it does not. Right. It's what you can get done over these next few days. Because it's going to be a grind, especially with this first game uh, with this uh, Texas Southern um, the Boone Cookman game right off the bat. When you're in this 9 a.m. bracket and you're playing at 9 a.m., you lose that game, you're you're headed towards two more 9 a.m. games. Mm -hmm. I think that's the toughest bracket. So right off the bat, you know, we're, we're going to see a Texas Southern team that I saw and you saw Charles Bishop over the weekend against Alcorn struggle in the field. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that they're going to have to get better at in this tournament because mistakes get compounded, teams take advantage of it. And so we'll, we'll see that in the very first game right off the bat. But Alabama State's trying to defend the tournament championship. It's not going to be easy. 
A lot of teams are coming after it. I've talked with Coach Crenshaw, the coach at Southern University. You know, their their team that's been playing well down the stretch. You know, a number of teams are playing well at this time of year. Teams that were kind of halfway counted out, like a <clears throat> excuse me, like a Southern University. They weren't playing well for a lot of the season. And Coach Crenshaw was telling me that over the last couple of weeks, he got with his coaches and said, hey, we got to come up with a nine that can get it down a nine or a 10 or 11, talking about the starting nine. And over the last couple of weeks, they've kind of solidified and narrowed down that rotation as far as their starting nine. And they're playing a lot better of late. Scored 24 runs on the last couple of games. So it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting tournament. I'm looking forward to it. And you just never know. Can your pitching hold up? Can your defense hold up? And can you come up with timely hitting? And you got to get a few breaks along the way. Yeah, you definitely got to get a few breaks along the way. Uh, one of the interesting things that I, I had an opportunity to talk with Coach Crenshaw, Coach Michael Robinson uh, today, uh, and, and we talked a little bit about uh, the, the the depth of the field and the level of play uh, this is past season uh, within the SWAC. Uh, they really talked about a lot of parity uh, within this league because uh, you just can't look at a team anymore and just assume that it's going to be a series sweep. A, a lot of teams, even at the bottom of the conference, were really good teams. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the West, you look at the two teams that didn't make it, um, the Braves of Alcorn and UAPB. UAPB took two out of three against Southern uh, down the stretch. Uh, Mississippi Valley, a team that the first-year head coach played played well early in the season, kind of fizzled late. Um, So when when you look at that, there's a lot of uh, improved baseball in this league. Um, I I look at Florida A&M and the job that they've done. Coach shoot has been around a long time. Um, of course, Coach Vasquez, the coach at Bama State, taking over for Coach Melendez, who did really well when he was in this conference, and then he moved on. So there's a lot of good baseball. Ken Grambling, you know, with Coach Pierre in his second year, taking over for James Cooper, who's now working for the Yankees organization. Can he elevate that program and get it to, to the next level? So I, I think there's a lot of good storylines. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes storylines with coaches, with players, you know, some stuff we'll talk about tomorrow with Bethune-Cookman, a team that was two years in between playing baseball. They they were down. That program was down for two years. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, some, some interesting stories with their coach, with their players. We'll talk about it, you know, tomorrow. But I think these are just the type of stories a lot of people don't know about, a lot of good stuff to talk about. And it just adds to the intrigue of the tournament. No doubt about it. AD, go for it. Well, we talked about uh, the matchup that I was talking about was the fact that Southern was able to move from the four spot last week, move up a spot to the three spot, and actually you had a tie between them and Texas Southern for the for the two spots. So they tied for number two in the West, but Texas Southern got the tiebreaker by y'all know y'all know what caused the tiebreaker, right? Them doggone rainouts because <laughs> Texas Southern had a 400 uh, winning percentage against Grambling, winning two two of uh, two of five, and Southern played all six and won only two of six, three thirty three versus four hundred, and that wound up being the tie break since those teams had the same identical record and the same record against each other. But you're talking about a Southern team that's won five of their last six. And eight of their last nine in conference going up against a Bethune team that has lost three of his last five in conference. So it's going to be interesting to see what's that? Bethune has the better record. 
but Southern is the hottest team. And fellas, you know what this is actually set up. Now that Southern has flipped brackets, are we going to see Southern and Bama State in the finals again? If if we should, it'll be the third time in the last four years that we'll see Alabama State and Southern in the finals. And for Southern, it will be the fourth year in the row that they are in the in the finals. What uh, your comments, Charles? Yeah, I mean Southern's a team that you definitely can't count out. Um, early in the season, a lot of people counted counted out the Jaguars, and I got a chance to see them play in Baton Rouge against Alcorn, and there was a lot of head scratching going on at Heinz Field. Like, is this Jaguar team ready? But Coach Crenshaw admitted that early in the season he was playing a lot of people. He was, I wouldn't say experimenting, but he was trying to figure out what he had. And I don't think he knew at that time what he had. It wasn't until the last two or three weeks of the season, according to him, that they were kind of able to figure out some things. And with baseball, you play so many games. You play over 50 games. You play every weekend. You got midweek games. So you've got a lot of, you got a lot of data to determine who you got to go with at certain points of the season. And so he's kind of narrowed that down. So the Jaguars, you know, they're the one team that knocked out Jackson State, which they had one of the great conference records that we've ever seen, 24-0. And I talked to him about that uh, earlier today. You know, Southern's a team that quietly is playing well, but you can't count Jackson State out either. I talked to Omar Johnson today. You know, he, he's trying to get the, the, the guys to buy in. He said that was a struggle during the course of this uh, season in which Jackson State was not the same JSU if you just – Look at their record. But he feels like, hey, don't sleep on us. And so that's, again, that's what makes this tournament what it is. You just never know what you're going to get. Because when you're up against it, when your bullpen is thin, when you're grinding out these games, which team can come up with the big hit? Which team can come up with that third out? It takes 27 outs. And I think that's why the SWAC tournament is so unique in the fact that you never know what's going to happen. That's what makes it what it is. And I'm, I think this year is going to be a little bit different because we're in a different venue playing here in Atlanta. And uh, you just, you just never know. I mean, you can't count out FAMU. They're much improved. Um, You can't count out Bethune Cookman. They've got the pitching. Alabama state's got the pitching Jackson state's piecing it together. So every team's got a storyline, but I think as far as, you know, Bethune Cookman is concerned, they're, they're a team that, like I said, for two years, they didn't play. And so they were able to, build that roster piece by piece. Some of those players, Bethune-Cookman sent them to JUCO when they were down. And those players that were sent to JUCO came back to Bethune-Cookman. So the commitment for those players and those coaches, I mean, there's a lot of stories with that, but I think that's what makes this WAC tournament unique. Stories for each program, and that's why you just never know. I mean, for the talk of a few years ago, I would say a decade ago, there was a talk of reducing the tournament from eight teams to six to four, whatever it is. I think right now, four teams in each division is a good is a good deal. And I think going forward, I think it'll make it even more an exciting tournament. I don't see it changing. I don't see the format changing. That even been talked about, to be honest with you, over the last few years. I think coaches are pretty happy about it. And I just want to chime in on the all-conference awards, too. For those who might not know, the all-conference teams are voted on by two groups of people, the SWAC baseball coaches and the sports information directors. Someone outside of that circle doesn't get a vote. Now, I'm trying to lobby for that, um, but from what I've been told, 
by a coach, won't name that coach. They're pretty happy with the setup as it is. Um, so I I would like for out, you know, a few media people to kind of chime in on it, like yourself, AD, or Charles Bishop, or someone like myself who sees, or other people who sees, you know, these different games. But right now, the way it's set up, the coaches and SIDs get the votes. And even that causes some conversation in terms of who makes it and who doesn't. So it's not a perfect system, but that inner circle is probably pretty tight right now. No well, I think Charles Evans should get the vote emeritus because he is the voice of Swack Athletics. That's that, that's just my personal <laughs> opinion. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, right, before, before I, talk about, I, I do have one more, and, uh, if you would, uh, Bishop, before I get back over. We got a team on the opposite end of the spectrum from Southern, and that would be the Panthers of Prairie View A&M. They have lost, uh, let's see, five of their last six eight of their last 10 and 10 of their last 13 in conference, taking on arguably the the best team in the tournament, Alabama state in the first round. A loss to Alabama state. I mean, let's be real. What does that do to confidence? If they were not only to lose to Alabama state, but to come out and get say run route by Alabama state in this opening round. Well, Prairie View is one of the top teams in the West for a period of time. Until the month of May. You talk about falling off the wagon. You know, I'm a big Antoine Riggins fan because there were some years in which he struggled. Um, There was some some griping going on in the Panther Nation for a little bit of time, but he got it together and had a deep run. And so I think he's okay. But these struggles, you know, they have a tendency to linger a little bit. Now, like I said, in the SWAC tournament, all bets are off. What you didn't do or what you did doesn't matter once you get here. So Preview could turn it on again, and we could see the Preview that we saw for a lot of the season. But when you're coming out of that loser's bracket, if you lose that first game, you're you're in a you're in a world of hurt because a lot has to go right, especially if you lose a game in which you're going through a lot of your your pitching. And and here's here's the thing about pitching that's important. Now it's different from softball than it is baseball. What I saw in softball is a lot of coaches go with their number two. But in baseball, I've talked with the coaches I talk with today. They're all going with their number ones. So if your number one struggle and then you got to go deep in your bullpen, you're in a lot of trouble. There's only a handful of teams in this league, I think, that has the depth of pitching. And most of it's on the eastern side. Coaches have talked about this. The east is pitcher heavy. The west is bat heavy. And coaches have even admitted this. I've said it for years. But for coaches to actually admit that, that says a lot. So if you're looking at Bama State, for example, won it last year. They had a ton of arms, and there were some arms we didn't, we barely even saw last year. They do, they were just that deep. Bethune-Cookman's deep. FAMU's deep in terms of arms. Now, the West is about scoring as many runs as you can, but Coach Crenshaw pushed back on it when I talked to him about it. He believes the West does have some pitching, and they do, but I think the East is more arm hip. But for a preview, if they get in that loser's bracket and have to go through a lot of arms, it's going to be tough. And so I think for Bama's and what, again, what makes this tournament unique in the fact that some of these matchups you don't see during the regular season, you have some tournaments and some games early in February that you play some of these teams in opposite division, you know, and, but for the most part, you don't know about the team that you're playing. And some coaches have told me today, they really don't care. It's about what they do, not necessarily what the other team has. So again, that, that adds another dynamic to this tournament. 
But you know what? Let's, I, I wanted to come back on the other side of this break, and I had a couple other questions to ask you, Charles, because I think that's a very interesting point uh, when you t take a look at the difference uh, with regards to the SWAC East and SWAC West. So if you can hold on for one more segment, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back here on Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. And welcome back in to Dr. Phil's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We're here with uh, the voice of Swag Digital, also the voice of the Alcorn Braves, Charles Etlin. He was gonna be running point along with Santoria Black and Coach Kador. Uh, for the SWAC baseball tournament here in Atlanta, Georgia, at the campus of Georgia Tech University. Looking forward to it tomorrow as things kick off at 9 a.m. And, and, Charles, I wanted to come back and, and follow up on something that you were talking about. And, and you mentioned, and I wanted to ask a question with regards to uh, the subtle differences between the SWAC East and the SWAC West. Uh, you touched on it in regards to uh, the, the SWAC East being pitching heavy, uh, especially when you take a look at names like Omar Melendez, Alabama State, Hunter Beats. Uh, FAMU and Nolan Santos uh, at Bethune Cookman, but uh, they slug it out kind of over there in the Swag West. But are there other little intangibles that you see between the divisions? Um, I, I think de defense. I mean, I think defensively, I think in the East, it's a little bit more solid. I mean, we saw Texas Southern series this past weekend in which they committed like seven or eight errors in a two game stretch. 
that's just not going to, it's just not going to cut it, you know, because you're giving teams an opportunity to score runs and with good pitching on that other side, it's going to be hard for you to break through. So you just can't give outs away. And so I think that's, you know, one of the big differences, but, you know, can you, and a coach told me today, you know, you just can't slug your way to a championship. Mm. You, you have to get some pitching and you got to get good pitching, good defense, and you got to get a few breaks along the way. And I think, you know, if you look at what Southern did against Jackson state in that, that great run a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of breaks went, you know, Southern's way. And so in a championship situation, just like last night with the Lakers in Denver, you know, you, you, you've got the Joker hitting a fadeaway against the clock. I mean, I mean, you got to get some breaks to go your way. And, and so that's, that's what the SWAC tournament is. It, it's such a, a, a shrinking uh, margin of error because when you get in that loser's bracket, you got to throw everything at the kitchen sink to keep your season alive. And a lot of teams don't have, that deep of a pitching staff. We talked about the East having more arms. FAMU, Bethune, Cookman, Bama State's got the arms. Does Jackson State have the arms? We'll see. And on the Western mm. side, we'll see there. So I think, you know, the, the dynamics, obviously, defensively, you've got, you've got to be able to make the routine plays. And, I, and if you don't do that and give teams five outs in an inning, four outs in an inning, they're going to make you pay. That's going to put your back against the wall. You're going to press at the plate. And let's be honest, in the postseason, the strike zone shrinks a little bit. Sure. You, you, you get squeezed, as, as as it's called in baseball. You get squeezed in the postseason. Yeah. You, in the regular season, probably not as much. But in the postseason, that strike zone shrinks just a little bit. And it makes guys press at the plate, makes them chase at the plate. So those little things uh, definitely add up. Do you think each team has their own individual identity or – uh, does uh, Swag Baseball take on what we look at with regards to Major League Baseball? Uh, so teams kind of play for the big inning nowadays uh, versus uh, small ball and station-to-station ball that we used to see. Um, I, I think what you're seeing now in the Swag, you're seeing a lot more speed. Uh, a team that even didn't even make the tournament, Mississippi Valley, mm. led the nation in stolen bases for the first, good part of the first part of the baseball season. They had two of the top three stolen bases uh, guys uh, in the country early in the year. And so I think what you're seeing now, and I was looking at the stats today, you got a lot of teams, you got a couple of teams with over 100 stolen bases this season. So I think what you're seeing is that teams, you put them on, they're going to try to micromanage the inning. They're going to try to what, what we call manufacture a run. Sure. So you got a leadoff walk, you sacrifice the second. You move them to third, and a sack fly gets them home. That's called manufacturing a run, and that's what you're going to probably see a lot of in this tournament. Um, so I think you know each team has its own intangible. Some teams have a lot more bat power, like what we saw with Texas Southern. I think Southern Grambling's got a lot of bat power, but I think you're going to have some other teams that are going to play a lot of small ball. You know, if if you get a lot of four to three scores, I think that's indicative of what you're seeing. Probably when Eastern Division team win by four to three, five to four. But if you got 13 to one, 14 to six, I would say if you put if, if you post a 14 to six score in the SWAC tournament, my guess would be it would be a Western Division team winning that game. Mm. If you gave me a four to three score, a four to two score, a three to one score, I would take a guess that an Eastern Division team won that game without even putting the teams up there. I would say it's probably an Eastern Division team that won. That three to one game. That's just sure. that's just my guess. But all that might get blown out the window. The first game tomorrow, you just, <laughs> you, you just never know. Well, but analytics tell you 
you know, that the high scoring games will favor the West, the low scoring games will favor the East. Sure. Go ahead, AD. Right. Um, I'll, I'll start. Both of you guys can chime in on this. Saturday is the quote unquote off day slash if if day for the for the two bracket championship. Will we see games on Saturday? Will we see if games from either bracket A or bracket B on Saturday? That's a good question. Hmm. Um. I would take a guess and say that if Alabama State represents again, I think they will probably get, get through that bracket. And I think they'll probably the get off on Saturday. What about um, the other side? I would say on the other side, Grambling, if if their pitching doesn't hold up, Grambling might be, or some of those other teams in the West might be in a situation where they'll have to play on Saturday. Um, I, I'm just I've just watched Bama State in that program over the last decade where there wasn't much there in, in, in Montgomery. Mm. You know, they hired Mervell Melendez from Bethune Cookman and he he struggled early at Bama State, but then he got the arms, he won, he moved on. Coach Vasquez was his assistant, he was promoted, and and that team has taken a pretty good life. And it's gonna it's gonna take and he has a he has the utmost respect for this conference, by the way. He understands that this thing ain't gonna be easy. You know, he's got to have an arm. He respects the other teams in the league. So I would say that, you know, just based on what I've seen, I think Bama State, if they continue to do what they do, they could very well be off on Saturday. But I think on the other side of it, I think if you got a Grambling or a Texas Southern, you know, I think they could very well get it going, get it to Saturday, and then we might have some baseball on Saturday. No doubt. Uh, we'll close things out on this, uh, AD and, and Charles. I want to ask this uh, quick question: Are there any players in particular that you are intrigued by, or looking forward to watching over over these few days? Um, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at arms. You know, I'm I've always been an offensive guy. I like a lot of runs, but I'm, I'm being I'm more and more intrigued over the last few years at pitching. I'm I'm looking to see what Beats is going to do. Um, I'm looking to see how how he performs. Um, and then on, on the other side, you know, Southern University's got a pitcher that's that's going to get it done on the western side. Everybody's going with their number one, so I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the pitching, to seeing how many innings can uh, can these guys go. And then you got some big bats in the lineup too for, for a lot of these teams. You got Olivo for Texas Southern. Yeah. He won that last game against Alcorn. He's a really big bat and he's really dangerous with a bat in his hand. And you you make a mistake to him and he's going to lose it. And uh, so I, I think I'm anxious to see, you know, how hitters make the adjustments. And you talked about it, you know, when you have these matchups you don't see during the regular year, you, through the first nine in the lineup, it that first go round, you got to make the adjustments on the fly. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm anxious to see once we get into the third inning, the fourth inning, I'm anxious to see how players make the adjustments, how pitchers make the adjustments. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more arms and how they perform. But you got some big bats and speed. I'm anxious just to see the chess match and seeing how these coaches make the adjustment. Sure thing. Yeah. Ad, how about yourself? Uh, just just something I want to put, uh, put out there for you fellas. You know, last year weather played a tremendous factor in the tournament. Although I don't think it affected the ultimate outcome, it did wreak havoc the first two. What was it? Two days, three days of the tournament with the with the schedule shifts uh, because of rain. Looking at the weather forecast for Atlanta, we're going to be good. 
for most of the tournament. But guess what? We've got an 80% chance of rain. That would be championship Sunday. Oh, wow. Would they, would they happen to, if they, if they see this, would they, if there's nobody playing on Saturday and both teams sweep through, would they consider moving the championship game up to Saturday, even though they have the TV? Or we just going to have to play and hope that the 8% comes in at 9 o'clock in the morning and we can still go at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? I'm just throwing it out there, fellas. Yeah. I I, I think TV is going to dictate. Of course, we're doing the games on the SDN all the way up until the championship. But then after that, ESPN takes over and, and they kind of dictate the terms there. I will it's all say last year. Huh? I said, remember they cut us off last year and sent us over to uh to the digital after about the twelfth uh, inning last year. Yeah, I mean that that was a unique circumstance. The game ran long, but I, I will say this though: I think weather's already played a little bit of a factor today in the practice. Mm. You know, every team Georgia Tech has an indoor football practice facility yeah. adjacent to the baseball stadium, and a, and they covered the field. There was rain; the field was covered, and nobody could practice on the field today. Everybody that was taking, they have an indoor batting cage, of course. So you had two things going. You had the indoor batting cage, and then right next door, they were using the Georgia Tech football indoor facility to take ground balls. That plays a factor. Even though you get your work in, but it's not simulated in a, in a sense in which you're not on the field. Yeah. So that could, that could play a factor a little bit here. May not be, but I do think you know you would like to. I know some coaches, they didn't say it today, but I'm sure they would have loved to get. I know Omar Johnson, for example. You know, I think he you have to accept the conditions, but he likes to, to be on the field that you're playing on. And so yeah. I do think that, you know, that's something that no coach will probably talk about because Mother Nature is always undefeated. But teams didn't get a chance to get a workout on the actual field today. I'm sure they'll pr- try to make up for it a little bit in the morning and tomorrow as, as, you, as you get your work in. But, you know, you would like to get that work in 24 hours before just to see the hops, the bounces. You know, it's one thing at the softball tournament, in which you're playing on turf, it's true, but you're playing on grass. You you, you just want to see the nuances. You want to feel it. And yeah. so I think that that might make a difference a little bit once we get to tomorrow because they didn't get a chance to get the work in on the actual field today. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. I think it's kickoff tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Uh, Charles Evan on the call as we get things started off. With- and you too, Charles Bishop. You're, yes. You're, hey, we're – we're doing something new, ladies and gentlemen. Let's breaking news. Breaking news. We're gonna have a guy in the dugout. Charles Bishop will be doing interviews during the game. And we're we're I've talked with James Crenshaw, our producer. We're 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 gonna work through it in which he'll do interviews with some of the coaches, either in the third inning. I said the fifth inning, we're kind of tweaking that when it's gonna happen. But uh this is something we're doing differently this year. In-game interviews just to get the pace, the flow of the game, what the managers are thinking, what the managers are doing, the ebbs and flows. I think that is a wonderful addition to the baseball broadcast. I'm looking forward to Charles Bishop's analysis from the dugout. Yeah, looking forward to it uh being embedded uh with the pro with the coaches tomorrow. It should be uh, a fun one. As that's Texas Southern and Florida AM, they kick things off. Uh, this is going to be a great tournament. I think all the coaches are excited. Players are, are bopping around today. Uh, we're looking forward to a, a great tournament over the next few days. Looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. We'll take another quick break here on Dr. Bill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Thank you, Charles Edwards, for stopping in. We'll be right back. Supermarket Sushi, really? 
No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Compress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of laughing. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. And welcome back into Dr. Ville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. And, and look who we have. We have the dean himself. You know, AD, you know how sometimes the dean kind of slips into the back of the classroom and just observe? I, I think that's what right. Dr. Ville is doing. <laughs> I, I hope everybody in the uh, all the lab lists assigned a roll before they left the class. There's a couple <laughs> people who stayed around for the study session. But uh, those who left, I hope you all signed the roll so that he don't uh, give you all the uh, F squared for the day. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was just doing a little auditing, as you said, and I'd have to say, as uh, professors, uh, the practice, man, y'all doing really well. You know, um, good job, man. I was excited about that interview and all the introduction into meeting and really took me off the hook as I just literally finished the presentation about HBCUs here at the Black Student Athlete Summit. As you all been here, I'm here in Los Angeles. Uh, I got a chance to actually see the um, Lakers game last night as well. Didn't we end out the like the way I wanted, but I certainly got my money's worth in terms of it going down the last second play. And the building was on fire for most of the game in regards to what it was. And it was one of those bucket list things that you got to see an NBA playoff game. Obviously with the Lakers, which I've been a fan since Norm Nixon, follow my dad in his footsteps. So legacy carries there. So that that was a big thing me and uh he was so excited when i sent him the pictures i got him a gift uh that he'll be able to take back with him and then obviously seeing uh, lebron james and i know for some people uh people have their personal uh, perceptions of him but in terms of what he does obviously on the court um he's at the top of the list but to me what he's done off the court and starting at such a young age to me as we see other players with 
uh, trials and tribulations. His ability to navigate this space uh, like none other was fascinating. So I got a chance to witness all that. So that was exciting. And then I got to do what I love the most, which is talk about HBCUs to a packed house here at USC that is hosting an event in um, literally Southern Cal uh, to get a chance to see that facility and campus. It's amazing in a lot of ways of uh, what that looks like. How ironic you said Southern Cal, where Bronnie James is going to be going to school that next year. Exactly. And so I got to see that. And I was trying to find a coach, athletic administrator, so I could ask that question. You know, I always got the reporter side of me. I had my equipment with me to do the interview just in case. Uh, but uh, with all the things going on, I couldn't quite slide past the gated key. You know, they got the gated key for the athletic directors and, and the head coaches. Uh, and so I didn't have that magic uh, ability to navigate that space. And I must admit, it's not like I sent in a prior request like you tend to do from a media perspective. But sometimes, you know, you like to see if you can get lucky. Uh, but I did get a conversation with a lot of, a lot of uh, other athletic directors, um, individuals that are working with students in terms of a student analysts and things of that nature. Uh, some ADs were here, as I said. Check this out, Charles. Yeah. Uh, Jackson yeah. State University. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen that by now. Director of athletics, VP of athletics, obviously, Ashley Robinson, was named the uh, athletic director of the year if you would, uh, in terms of what that looks like. So this is some picture with a colleague of mine. He's currently at Prairie View. Uh, he does the student-athlete achievement down there, Norris B. Ward. He used to coach at Texas Southern University on the women's side before he transitioned um, there and went to Texas Tech and then came back to Prairie View. This is a wow. picture of the actual award. Um, I was there, and you see the first one where he was presented, and then you see on the stage where he's actually handed the award. So uh, I did tell him congratulations. Got to go to the game with him. Um, so that was fun as we hung out. Um, he didn't remember my time at Prairie View there, so uh, he treated me to lunch. And I thought that was big as he paid it forward. And, you know, anytime Dr. Neville gets to go to lunch. And, you know, Ashley likes to do it big time and well. So I don't <laughs> what the meal was, but I'm telling you, it was significant. It was, it was a good meal. Yeah, it was a good meal. It was a good meal. <laughs> Um, and it was good that you had uh, preview color issues up for the Lakers. Yeah, so it matched up perfectly. You see how I did that in coordination. Uh, and so uh, I got to take advantage of that and represent HBCUs, represent Preview, and it was perfectly aligned with the color side represented the Lakers in terms of what that looks like. So that was so cool in terms of doing that and getting it done. So I'm um, excited about what that looks like. And then I turned around, I will say this. We watched the game Miami and Celtics. Uh, that first night I got here Sunday night, um, and I won't say he partaked in it, but I got a chance to get a cigar to relax, uh, and, and it was a nice atmosphere in regards to watching the game, which you all know was a blowout, so that's another discussion, but we'll see how all that works out <laughs> in the game tonight as these folks are carrying around all these rooms around these places. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, rub, rub it in, Doc. I mean, I mean, sounds like you had a, a heck of a time over there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you go, I mean, then you go like come you hang out with us in Atlanta. Atlanta. You're already in Atlanta. You're talking about right. Right. But I will say this. Deuce and I will be joining you in Atlanta on Thursday. So don't get too excited. Make sure you right. share some room for us. We know that you will start now. Congratulations with this opportunity. I'm proud on it. People don't know that you've been working towards this for a while. And getting your chance uh, to do this 
I think it's a labor of love and something that you deserve. So I'm excited for you. And I want everybody to know that's not stopping what we're doing here, but this is extension. We've seen that with A.D. Drew. Uh, we see that with Brian that's doing the background. We are about providing the footprints of giving you the coverage. Uh, that means, obviously, giving you sports and news and the culture right here in terms of our show, in terms of the sports rap, as you see uh, on Sundays. Obviously, Charles uh, and, excuse me, Carlos, as he does on Saturday, uh, giving you that information. And then Orange and Green uh, Strike Zone in terms of Wednesday, among some of the other programs that we continue to give you. But that's also in terms of streaming deals. We got a lot of deals in place that Roy will be sharing at the appropriate time, uh, particularly at the Division II level, and we're glad that we can showcase them uh, more that they can get the line like they deserve. And now you see this transitioning on the other side uh, where we get in the mic and give you actually gain the uh, information in terms of color commentary, uh, sideline reporting. Uh, so we're just getting started in terms of stretching it. But I'm here in the Western Benaventure, as you see, ready to go get me a little bit of a, a relax down after a long day, socialize and see if we can do some more networking for our HBCUs and make sure that we are out there. We should be in terms of space. Uh, so it, it was a good event. Everybody that uh, caught me afterwards was excited. I did my intro in terms of connecting with HBCUs, something that they've seen me do for years and asked me to do every time I hear is connecting the space with how deep HBCU folks is. So they got like 1,500 people there, and many of them in the thousands where HBCU connected. And, and, and Doc, I do, for the time that we have left, I wanted to ask uh, and have you share uh, the research that you are that you are out there presenting. Yeah, the research I did out there today was talking about the um, Ed Reed, mm -hmm. obviously Coach Prime co coaching conundrum in terms of what were the positives, what were some of the negatives of those coaching hires. And obviously I did the spin where we talked about it from the governance structure, if you would, Africana studies in terms of what it meant to us and why we were so passionate about our feelings. And a lot of people connected and resonated with that. And it really fit in because you have a lot of folks being, uh, obviously with the Pac-12 schools, you had some SEC schools that flew in here, Big 10, uh, Big 12, ACC. And so you get a different framework of how student athletes, I like to call them college athletes, think about this. But the whole conference is about powering uh, students, specifically black students, uh, about uh, inspiring them, making sure they have a voice, making sure they have an opportunity. And obviously that includes the HBCU space. So kudos to Dr. Moore. Dr. Moore is a Jackson State University alumni. Uh, so he knows the importance of HBCU. So he makes sure he carves out that space. Um, and that happens to be in my research, so I've kind of taken over that. Um, and anytime he calls and needs me, I don't care where it is, I'm going to be there. Hey, Dr. Kavir, uh, EA put in this chat, I don't know if you can see this question uh, on your screen. Please ask Dr. Kavir about the exercise in which 99% of the athletes chose PWIs over HBCUs and then your explanation to them. I don't know about the 99% number, but I'm sure... One of the ways that you have to be careful with the percentages, uh, I was reading some studies that talked about there's like over 6,000 schools that you could consider higher education. When you drop it down to like uh, 22,000, that would be what we call the four-year institutions. And you think about it, the NCA, if you're talking about Division One, it's 300. You add Division Two, it's another 200 some schools. 
So the percentage in terms of HBCUs, which are at 100 plus, and only about 40 of those, we'll make it nice round, 50 of those play uh, either uh, NCAA Division II or NCAA. You add NEIA, you might add another 20-some schools. So you see the numbers small in terms of the opportunity. So percentage-wise, it's always going to be that African-American athletes choose what I refer to as historically white colleges at a higher percentage number just because there's more schools. All athletes, even if we wanted to, could not go to HBCUs. But I get the gist of his, his question. A lot of that, based on what we saw in this um, meeting here, is a lot of that is based on facilities. And people don't really understand the culture of HBCUs. Historically, what they were made for, and even worse, they don't know the significant funding lapses that HBCUs get. So they get a lot of negative stereotypes, and so that's why we're here to update those negative types so they make sure that they don't exist, and a lot of people appreciate that. But the other thing is just the facility. So much financial money, as you know, we talk about the business side, go in terms of the television revenue, and they've been able to literally build fortresses around student-athletes, and they fall in love with these facilities. And that's another reason that you hear a lot of athletes talk about joining historian white college university athletic program. The last thing I will put a final point on this as an important note, while a lot of them choosing it, it's not healthy for them. You hear so many horror stories that we talk about here about why they're trying to empower themselves. And a lot of that is because they uh, are not able to share their identity uh, that they tend to be able to share at HBCU. So that's been a very negative perspective. And when I say identity, I'm not just talking about their ethnic identity, but also their cultural identity from a different perspective, uh, as well as making sure they move beyond just being seen as a sport person. Because many a, of them, as you imagine, yeah, uh, as an athlete, or jock even worse, as many of them question as they on campus, a lot of people ask them, are you an athlete? Because they don't believe in general that they would be on the campus unless they're an athlete. And that's dangerous in terms of their mental cycle. That's huge. That's a huge, that's a great uh, uh, final point, if you will, to kind of uh, wrap up this show. Uh, uh, we, I tell you, Doc, we, we talked all things uh, with regards to the SWAG baseball tournament. Uh, you'll be here on Thursday. Uh, things kick off and I'll tomorrow. be watching tomorrow, Charles. Go win. Yeah. Put on your best cap. I'll be watching first thing in the morning. I know that. Early when I set my clock, so I'll be up for that first pitch because I want to hear everything. 80 Drew, as they said, I know you'll be getting down there a little later. I want to make sure you give me all the updates because I'll be watching. I want to see what y'all do. So when I get there, I'm ready. I can just sit back and I can make sure Deuce enjoys himself. I, I think I'm going to get there the same day you are, Doc. I won't get there until Thursday. So, yeah. No problem. But you get there early than me. I get there late, probably the last minute. No I doubt. No doubt. Well, I tell you what, that'll catching bring. Catching his plane, man, and catching his plane from LA, boy. Whew. <laughs> yeah, I can Wait, so 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 you got to fly back to Houston to pick up Deuce and then fly to Atlanta. Am I getting that right? That's it. That's it. So I'm literally going across the country with a stop in the middle. There you go. <laughs> hey, but, but you pick it up on important piece of luggage. Don't say I'm important not piece of luggage you got to pick up in Houston. In the business. There it is. There it is. There it is right there. Uh, well, I tell you what, it's been a great show. Uh, we talked about it. Things kick off in the morning, 9 a.m. Uh, with regards to uh, Florida A&M and Texas Southern, 
uh, Dr. Ville's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, where else can you get everything that you need in regards to what we call the HBCU diaspora? Man, right at here. six o'clock, Charles. That's six o'clock. Are you getting it then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at work. Exactly. <laughs> well, for myself, Charles Bishop, Andy Drew, and Dr. Cavill, you know how we close this thing out. I get to kick things off tonight. Uh, let's go, Ad Drew. Course. Doc. Lecture. Dismissed. Drop a like. Yeah, <laughs>